Hey, this is Rob, and that's Micaiah, and you are listening to You Forgot One. Today on You Forgot One, Outcast, the best album of the Atlanta rap giants. Micaiah, Outcast. Let's start here. Who are they? What do they mean to the hip hop world? So, Outcasts are Andre 3000 and Big Boy. Uh, they are from Atlanta, Georgia, and they are part of what's called the Dungeon Crew, right? The collective that is basically them and Goody Mob uh, with, you know, CeeLo Green, which, you know, most people know. Um, in 1993, they had their first kind of breakthrough song with Players Ball. It was part of a LaFace Records Christmas compilation, um, which, yeah, so that was a pretty big success for them right out the gate. And uh, then in 1994, they released uh, Southern Playa, uh, Southern Playalistic Cadillac Music in 1994 uh, when they were 18 years old. You know, so they're very young and pretty fully formed also. You know, they're uh, two young black men who are interested in alternative music. You know, that's kind of what separated outcast um, personality wise and music wise from all the other hip hop at the time is that they were watching, you know, a lot of MTV. And so they were seeing Nirvana and they were seeing rage against the machine. And that was all kind of informing their hip hop. Right. You know, on, on top of things like, you know, tribe and everything that was happening in the in the East Coast and West Coast at the time. And Southern Playlistic Cadillac music uh, is so well-received um, that they win Best New Artist at the Source Awards. But um, in front of, you know, when they go to accept, you know, their award, they are famously booed, right? The awards take place in New York. Uh, New York is very proud of being you know, the home and the origin of hip hop music. Um, so they get booed. The year was 1995 and we were at the Source Awards in New York City. It was an interesting time that was going on within the music industry. Oh, yeah. I represent for the borough though, you know what I'm saying? For real. This is like the height of the East Coast, West Coast, death row, bad boy, however you want to label it, beef. Any artist out there want to be an artist, don't want to worry about the producer trying to be all in the video, dancing, come to death row. It was a weird vibe going on that night because Suge was there, Snoop was there, and of course Biggie, the whole bad boy crew, and they were 10, bad boy, bad boy. Y'all don't love us! Well, let it be known then. We, we know y'all East Coast. We know we at. We're all just kind of tuned in trying to see if the fight going to break out. It was me and Big Boy and Dre. There's the three of us sitting there. So then they get ready to announce the award for Best New Artist. All right, all right, all right, all right. Hold up. And the winner is... And guess who wins? Outcast. And he said, okay, he said, mm. How are you going to get booed and you just won Best New Artist? 
it was backlash from the East Coast, West Coast thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's like this, though. I'm tired of folks, you know what I'm saying? The closed-minded folks, you know what I'm saying? It's like we got a demo tape and nobody want to hear it, but it's like this. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. Everybody was like this on their seats, like, damn. From there, it was a wrap. For me, it might as well have been the national anthem. The South got something to say. See, Andre, big boy, dudes who were from right here, our area, man, South Side, East Point, and get up there, man, and say the, the South, South got, got something, something to say. To say. Man, it turned to everybody up. And it finally gave clear cut and incision from New York wannabeism. It was a great thing that they were handled in that way because it finally cut the umbilical cord saying, we don't have to impress you. We don't have to be influenced by you in the same creative way. We're gonna show you. The follow-up, uh, AT Aliens, is another great record that goes platinum. Um, really in a matter of weeks um, and then triple platinum uh, within the first year, I think um, does extremely well, you know, and that's when they start to get a little stranger, you know, they're not leaning so far into being influenced by, by the gangster rap stuff. And they start to expand their interest and start to include reggae and dub influences and talk about aliens and the album cover looks like it's a comic book. And, you know, so they're, they really, you know, if they weren't outcasts before, you know, the image that they're presenting themselves as on like the cover of AT aliens. And when they do their shows, right. They look like outcasts in the hip hop community uh, by design, you know, and then that leads them to uh, Aquimini, which we'll talk about today, and Stankonia, and those two albums are probably the most important in their discography, uh, followed by the last album, um, last kind of proper album, Speaker Box and Love Below, where one album is Big Boy, one album is Andre 3000. That's Outcast. A uniquely influential hip-hop group, though. Between this, you know... Five albums, five canonical albums. And really, starting from Equimini going forward, so their third, fourth, and fifth albums, I mean, their fifth album is essentially a, a double, it's a double LP with a big boy solo album in a Andre 3000 solo album mm -hmm. just packaged together for all intents and purposes. They, they collaborate on some of the songs. They appear in each other's kind of... Uh, albums if you will but it's it's clearly speaker boxes big boys album the love below is andre's album and and that's how it kind of plays out and and that's the it is the album that gives them their most dominant kind of worldwide hit with the song hey ya mm -hmm. it earns them uh, the grammy for album of the year but in many ways speaker box the love below is the album where they've kind of already broken up and that's, and that's really what you're hearing on the record, but that split of these kind of two distinct personalities within this group really begins on Equimini. And so we can kind of trace the roots of speaker box love below 
back through Stanconia and into Equimini, where there, there's just a, a differing approach to hip hop. Um, obviously, there's great relationship there, but um, it's hard to imagine. It, it's hard to imagine Outcast ever back together. It's hard to imagine these two artists ever together recording another album. So we really have a very short period of time where they were on the scene, but for as short of a time as they spent making music together, deeply, deeply influential to hip hop music. And so I wonder, Micaiah, what you credit that to. Well, I mean, you look at those five records and they're all great in, for different ways and in, in, mm-hmm. in different ways and for different reasons uh, why they're great, but their, their ability to, to keep evolving, I think is, is what's so important. You know, Southern playlistic is that a little bit gangsta and uh, you know, talking about pimp culture and stuff like that, but also in things like watermelon and, and fried chicken, you know, really, really leaning into like the culture, which people did not accept in hip hop. Um, and then growing with AT aliens into, you know, using more dub stuff and using lyrics to talk about things like aliens, right. To, to talk about things outside of right. What was mainstream and hip hop and going triple platinum very early into its release. I mean, that album was a huge success. And then with, you know, Equimini getting a live band in there um, for most of the tracks, um, continuing to evolve and doing different types of, of, of songs. You know, there's, there's the reggae stuff in there. There's some like neo soul stuff in there. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, it's just what the, they, they just expanded hip hop, like with each album they grew and evolved. And at the same time, they were the same could be said about hip hop because of what they were doing, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, I think the only other kind of like easily like best hip hop group in competition with Outkast would be a tribe called Quest. Um, but Tribe didn't evolve like Outkast did. No, I agree with you know, that. They 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 hit a groove, find that groove, and they're like, all right, that that's us. You know, so like after Midnight Marauders, it's they they've they've plateaued. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's you know, with um the last couple albums before they broke up and even on the final album you know the final album rules um but they as as they plateau right that's where outcast actually gets even better in terms of like where they are in their discography um and i think that their emphasis on the album thinking about the album as an important artifact is maybe different than the way other people were approaching hip-hop and they weren't part of like the Rockefeller crew where it's like, okay, we have to have singles. We have to have great big singles and great big hooks. That's what's important, right? And they need to, you know, they had it kind of down to a science when a listener would stop listening and when you need to have them hooked, right? And Outkast and the Dungeon Crew didn't seem to have that concern, right? They wanted to be big, of course, but they it wasn't so calculated, right? They were still just going to be themselves and it is, you know, it's going to be what's going to be. Uh, that's at least the impression you get. Right. There's no reason why singing about rapping all the things to rapping about, you know, they, they took risks, you know, because in other people's career uh, in hip hop, like even like Jay-Z on the blueprint, like so much of the blueprint is Jay-Z talking about how great Jay-Z is. Mm-hmm. And that's no matter how famous Outkast gets, 
none of their albums and really none of their songs are just like how great how great are we you know what i mean um there's songs where they defend their choices um but never just like we're the best we're unstoppable on top of the world it's not the braggadocia thing it's not like the the flex of wealth i think that that part of that is being from the south which mm-hmm. we haven't really talked about yet is that it's like they're just from a different place um and so the way they represent themselves um just looks different than what was happening on either coast all of that to say this is this is a group that not only is there a in a ton of of evolution but all of that evolution is taking place in 10 years, five albums, 10 years. That's it. That's all we get for outcast. And for an artist like this, for, for two artists like this, for a group like this, to have this kind of influence on hip hop, I think is deeply connected to the idea that there's something else. There's kind of a third way beyond East coast, West coast, beyond that kind of these historic hotbeds of hip hop, uh, outcast is really the group that is determined to not, you know, put Atlanta or put us or put the South on the map, but to say, Hey, there's always been a, a hip hop culture here. And it's, and it's what gave birth to us. And it's what we want to, um, point back to And and again, on every single one of their albums, you look at their, features and some of the people who appear in these albums with him, it's a bunch of other folks from the South. And so Micaiah, as someone who has a master's degree in Southern studies, tell us a little bit about what we need to know when it comes to outcast and how they represent the South. I mean, maybe it's difficult for our ears, but because we we're, we're from Florida, you know, we're from the South, but to other people, the dialects for for outcast was a barrier especially on southern playlistic cadillac music um you know like they were like noticeably recognizably southern just by how they sounded you know um so there's that you right i mean they they use um a different slang right stuff that you weren't hearing in east coast and west coast rap that was unique to to southern uh, hip hop music. Also, I mean, in listening to that first record in particular, the beats are thick, hot. I mean, like you, you get the idea that this is in a basement in Atlanta, you know, literally the floor is literally dirt, right? They don't even have an actual floor, you know, it's, it's 808s, like these 808 beats and, uh, you know, an actual like bass guitar on a lot of it too in a basement, right. With the dungeon crew, you know, and, and you can feel the heat on, on that record. And they're referencing things like, you know, Atlanta and, and East point and all this kind of stuff that for me, you know, when you hear things in New York and, and LA hip hop, I only recognize them from other hip hop songs or from movies and stuff. But when you, when I listen to outcast, I'm like, Oh, I actually, I know where Decatur is. I know exactly what they're talking about here. So for me, being from Florida, you know, these outcasts was always very kind of important to me, more important to me. And I didn't even realize it right away, but it was because I, I just understood the world they were talking about and the language that they use and their dialects that I just, it was just all recognizable to me. And I couldn't even articulate that until 
years later. And, you know, in their music videos, wearing Braves hats and Braves jerseys instead of, you know, um, Oakland Raiders and, and New York Yankees. You know what I mean? Like the, that they're using the Southern iconography. I mean, they've been Goody Mob both in their videos, you know, just them driving in cars. They're They're not you know, so professionally done that like they go and they wet the roads. So it looks nice and slick. No, you can see how you can see the heat on the road and you can see it in the houses that they're filming the music videos. And, you know, so it was very much nothing to be ashamed of. Just like, yeah, this is the dirty South and this is, this is who we are. This is what we represent. You know, it was never something that they tried to disguise or be ashamed of, but it was, it was at like the forefront of how they presented themselves. You know, and so, uh, you know, um, I think Southerners recognize that and appreciate that um, a whole lot, especially, you know, since hip hop is culturally dominated by New York and California and a little bit Chicago. Yeah. So there's there's that stuff. And yeah, I mean, they, they talk about the Southern experience that, you know, it's but a lot of what they talk about is is unique to black culture in America in general, um, you know, especially during the Clinton era and um, the three strike rules and uh, the war on drugs and uh, militarizing police forces, right? All of this stuff kind of shows up. This is kind of where they actually intersect with the rest of hip hop. Well, talking about why they're important to the culture and why they're important to Southern culture, let's make it personal. Micaiah, why are they important to you? When did you first discover Outkast and what do they mean to you? Right. So, I mean, I was four when the first record came out. So they were not on my radar for a long time. Okay. Um, so for me, it was Stankonia. So Stankonia came out pretty close to my birthday, actually. My, my close to my 10th birthday. And I would have been in fourth grade. And it's just because... Um, I heard people singing Outcast before I actually heard Outcast. I heard people in my class singing Miss Jackson and already knew the chorus and already knew the hook and the forever, forever, ever, all that kind of stuff. And then I heard the song and I was just like, oh my God. Like it, it was just like the coolest thing. It was, I mean, that's just what it was to me. It was just the coolest thing I had heard on the radio. Um, and, and this is a time when like Eminem was like pretty much reigning supreme when it comes to hip hop and the radio at the time, you know, so it was just a different thing. And I loved it. So fresh and so clean was, you know, around that same time as well. And it was just, yeah, I was very much into it. I was in seventh grade when speaker box and love below came out. And it was that same thing of just being like, yep, this is, this is the coolest like hip hop group that I've ever seen. You know, like more than Eminem and 50 Cent, who was like big in like the early 2000s as well. It's like Outkast. I was like, these are the people who I'm, you know, want to associate with and associate with like liking. Like they just, before I even knew the Atlanta stuff. And, and then, you know, that, that really helped, you know, make it even more personal for me to be like, oh, okay. So we're also from like similar places, you know, so this, that, that works out because because in the later stuff they they kind of get a little further away from the southern stuff or a little bit um I, maybe it's an attempt to not repeat themselves a lot um but yeah so that that they yeah 
So since I was 10, you know, so for the majority of my life, you know, I've been really into Outkast and always kind of thought of them as like a, you know, top tier hip hop group for, for me. discography I, I i think is incredibly impressive for just five albums i, I think they're easily one of the top 10 hip-hop acts of all time and before they turn 30 basically yeah i mean the first album comes out when they're 18 and you know then 10 years later you know they turn out five albums and colquist you know and that's i'm fine with that i think that's great i think a lot of acts the clash turned out five albums. They were active, you know, re- recorded from 77 to 82 called it quits. The Smiths, you know, we talked about them, right? Their recording history, 1984, 1987, four albums, couple compilations called it quits. And that's totally fine. You know, we don't need a bunch of acts like the Rolling Stones who will never die and never retire and never stop touring and never stop. You know I mean? Like you don't have to do that. You can, you know, lay it out on the table and you know and that's it that's fine that's your legacy be fine with that and then every now and then show up on a frank ocean album and you know keep talking about how much you like kate bush fine yeah. with it absolutely yeah. fine with it Micaiah, when you and i sat down to put our list together for season two we both chose stankonia by mm-hmm. outcast as our album for this list you and i started texting and you have the tendency admittedly to second guess yourself off of, off of an original decision. Um, famously it's what you did before we recorded our Radiohead episode. And then when we went back and recorded an episode solely devoted to kid a, uh-huh. we, we ended up going with kid a and kind of changing our minds. And so going into this recording, I think we both kind of went, all right, this is just the two of us talking about Outcast. What are we, what are we going to do? Is there someone to help us make this decision? And ultimately it came down to you and I just kind of going, Hey, I know we both said Stankonia at the start of the season, but it needs to be a Quimini. Yeah. This is their best album. This is what we need to be talking about. So listeners, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to let you hear from our independent record store of the week located in the home of Outcast, Atlanta, Georgia. And then we'll let you hear from our sponsor, Anchor. And then we'll be back to talk about Outcast's third album, Equimini.
Our independent record store of the week is Atlanta, Georgia's own Beat Lab. This spot has some of the best music selection in the ATL and sells a bunch of recording and DJ equipment too. If you're looking to pick up some music and some new gear, this is the place to go. Beat Lab is located at 464 Moreland Avenue Northeast, Atlanta, Georgia 30307. And they are open Sunday through Wednesday, 12 to 6 p.m., Thursday through Saturday, 12 to 8 p.m. And they are available online at BeatLabUSA.com. Yeah, yeah, it goes like this right here. It's like, uh, niggas always be hollering peace, you know what I'm saying? Peace, my brother, peace this, peace that, you know what I'm saying? But every time I, I uh, try to get a peace of mind, niggas try to get a peace of mind. So I gotta grab my peace. It's the return of the gangster, gangster. Them niggas that's on that blow that run up in your crib, which contains your lady and an eight-month-old child to raise. Plus you true blue about this music, but they do not want to hear because they'd rather be bouncing and shooting and killing and bouncing and shit. Get down. Return of the gangster, gangster. Them niggas that think y'all soft and say y'all be gospel rapping, but they be steady clapping when you talk about bitches and switches and hoes and clothes and weed. Let's talk about time traveling, rhyme javelin, something mind unraveling. Get down. Return of the gangster, gangster. Them niggas that got them kids, they got enough to buy ounce, but not enough to bounce them kids to the door to the park. So they grow up in the dark, never seeing light, so they end up being like your sorry ass. Robbing niggas and broad ass, they like, get down. Return of the gangster, gangster. Them niggas who get the wrong impression of expression, then the question is big, but what's up with Andre? Is he in the coat? Is he on drugs? Is he gay? When y'all gonna break up? When y'all gonna wake up? Nigga, I'm feeling better than ever. What's wrong with you? You get down. So here we are, right? So we're not here to talk about Stankonia today, right? Even though admittedly we're both, you know, great big fans. Yeah. Stankonia is, is, you know, in terms of us loving Outcasts, maybe the most important to us because that's what really, you know, got us to really love Outcasts. Um, and without you know, question, I think one of the top 20 hip hop albums of all time. Yeah. And, and by the way, on the most recent Rolling Stone 200 hip hop albums list that just came out, they said it's number two. They said it's the second best hip hop album to ever come out. Which I'm like, as an outcast fan, I'm excited that they're finally being called like, like that good. Like it's notorious B.I.G. outcast Jay-Z public enemy Kendrick is their top five on that list. And it's like, it's one of those things where like, it's like, it just like took me aback. It's like, well, I've always thought of outcast that highly, like, do like are now, are we now like having this conversation now that we're saying that outcasts are better than tribe and better than public enemy. I'm ready to make that leap, but I always thought I was biased because of where I'm from and how old I am. But it seems like, you know, people are, are kind of ready to have that conversation about outcasts being that good not looking just at Rolling Stone's 200 hip hop albums, going back to their updated Rolling Stone 
500. Mm-hmm. All right. On the 2020 list, they have Aquemini and Stankonia pretty close also. 64 right. and 49. Yeah. Stankonia at 64, kind of just outside the 50. And then Aquemini at 49 with the blueprint at 50. You know, so, and, then, and that's kind of a common consensus, I think, on, on a bunch of hip hop sites. They have Aquemini pretty firmly number one. And then two through five are a, a mix and match, you know, throughout a bunch of different like hip hop blocks and stuff. But it seems like Equimini is kind of accepted as number one. And maybe that's another reason why I wanted to make Stinkonia our number one. And be like, you know what? We're going to go against the grain a little bit here. And at the time, I believed it. I wasn't just trying to be contrarian. Um, I, I truly believed that. But I, I have since come around to planning, you know, my feet down or putting the flag in and saying, no, Quim and I is the best outcast album. Um, so then Rob, if you're prepared to make that leap too, what made you change your mind? So much of it ultimately boils down to listening to it and realizing that on the fifth time, sixth time, 10th time through the album, um, especially, you know, I, I think one of the things that can happen for you and I, and, you know, sometimes our, our listeners may wonder how we arrive at some of the viewpoints that we do when we record these episodes, we're listening to these albums or, 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 you know, multiple albums of an artist. I mean, for 30, 40, 50 hours a week. Of, of just listening to the same artist over and over again. And one of the things that happens, one of the things that certainly happens for me is that over that time playing it again and again and again, you kind of notice not, not weaknesses, but you, you notice the areas where you wish things were slightly different or you wish there was a better flow. And one of the things that we have talked about, on this podcast this season is something that was a huge, huge part of hip hop music in the nineties and into the early two thousands, which is skits. Skits were all over hip hop albums during this period of time. And none of them age well. Um, it, it is a feature of hip hop albums that dates them immediately. That, that immediately you're like, Oh, here we go. Another, like another skit. And as good as Tanconia is, the flow of the album is ruined by the amount of skits that are in it for me. Um, and, and so it's that thing where, like, if you take out the skits, which is how, like, I have a playlist of how I listen to Outcast albums, I've taken all the skits out of the albums, and I love the flow of them so much better that way. But, but I, I will say this. It, I do think it is a splitting hairs argument. I think I think Stinkonia, if I'm ranking Outcast albums, if I'm if, if you're asking me what's the best Outcast album, I would tell you that Outcast have two joint best albums. I think Stinkonia and Quim and I are their joint best albums. And and really, when once you get beyond that, it, so much of it is just then, all right, what do what do I like listening to over and over again? And so I think for for us, for people who maybe take it too far and maybe splitting those hairs. I think you and I have both chosen to split the hairs in the direction of a and I, and, and maybe that is because 
after a long enough period of time, you stop hearing the hits on an album. Like maybe, maybe the huge hits that we have on Stankonia actually end up working against them because after you're listening to an album for the 10th time in one week, you skip over the hits because you know, those songs by heart. So you're, you're not, you know, I'm not going to re-listen to bombs over Baghdad every time, even though I know every word of that song by heart. Um, I'm not going to listen to Miss Jackson every time, even though I think it's a brilliant song. It's just, I I've heard it too much. And so one of the things equipment I has going for it is outside of Rosa parks, there wasn't a big radio hit that came off this album. And so in some ways, over the time of listening to the album over and over again, there's nothing that has been overplayed for me. Yeah. I, th- I think that that can definitely be true again. I think, cause I think that that the oversaturation definitely brings down like speaker box and the love below for sure. Cause most things are just like, if I hear, Hey, yeah, one more time, like I, I, I don't, I don't need to, it will find me. I don't need to play it because it will find me and I will have to listen to it again at some point, you know, but I'm, you, you never actually, when I went to the Haim concert, they played Rosa Parks before the show started and boy, did I appreciate it. Many a day has passed, the night has gone by, but still I find the time to put that bump off in your eye. Total chaos, but these playoffs thought we was absent. We're taking another route to represent the Dungeon family like Grey Day. Me and my nigga decide to take the back way. We stab in every city, then we headed to that back cave. ATL, Georgia, what do we do? Fall ya, bulldog and hoes like them Georgetown hoggers. Boy, you tied the silly thing, my room is sitting pretty, doing donuts. Why you suckers like them suckers around titties? Damn, we the committee, gon' burn it down, but us gon' bust you in the mouth with the chorus now. Say, Um, so where do we go from here? Are, are we ready to talk about Equimini? And as we kind of go through the album, first of all, the flow is amazing. Just, mm-hmm. just the gift of return of the gangsta, bangsta. And then that whole, like everything that Audrey says in between that, the flow there is just amazing. Followed with like the get down is they're like, okay, this is why right now he is a top five MC, like, like rapping right now. Like it's, it's really incredible, you know? And they're like, you know, he's responding. Like, you know, these people are saying, you know, what's wrong with Andre? Is he gay? Is he on Coke? And he's like, I'm living my best life. Like get down, you know, like at this point, he's not smoking weed. He's not drinking. He's not doing drugs. He's a vegetarian, you know, like he's, you know, a pretty sober guy. Who's just working on his art. And then everyone's just like, yo, this guy's whack. This guy's gay. What's going on with this dude? And he's just like, I'm just living my best life, man. You know? So like it's, it is the gangster rap thing, but it's also him being like, I'm completely sober and doing great, you know? And, and then big boys versus just like, yeah, we're still outcasts just cause we don't do the thing that we did four years ago. What are y'all doing? The same shit you've been doing. Like that's not outcast, you know? So it's, they're they're, but I, they're but returning I think, to form to say to leave it behind like yeah and that's that really 
Yeah. And that, and that's what I love about it is that it's, it is, it's critical, but it's, but it it is critical in a way that is also acknowledging that that's what they were a part of. And big boys response to it essentially is we're done doing that. Like we've essentially, and, and again, this is 1998. So big boy is what 23 like and essentially it's a 23 year old saying yeah we're done we've we've we have outgrown that yeah and he's he's saying that to a hip-hop community that is in many ways still stuck in the same cycles that still Mm -hmm. stuck you know uh, uh, you know rapping about the same things talking about the same like same old beefs and Mm -hmm. in and again, it, it all goes back to that to that source awards, the those the 1995 source awards where oh, we'll literally get back to that. Yeah, so. um, but it's it's this idea of kind of being like, yeah, we have something to say, and what we have to say is there's more. There's more. To, it's almost like Return of the G is almost like this statement that Big Boy and Andre are making, which is there's more to hip hop than that. Right. You know what I mean? So like, it's, it's a really funny song that has gunshots in it. So it sounds like it's a hardcore hip hop song, but it's Andre just saying, let's expand our minds. Mm-hmm. You know, let's, let's, let's rhyme about something that's like mind altering instead of just doing the same old shit over again, you know? Um, so it's like, it's, it's just great. And it's, it's funny. It's yeah. And then, yeah, and then like the Stankoni version would be like gangsta shit, which um just isn't as interesting a song, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and then we move to the I mean the huge single of the album, Rosa Parks. And mm-hmm. and even now, this song, it it doesn't sound oversaturated, it doesn't sound overplayed, and it it also it doesn't sound dated in a way that oh, a no, lot of hip hop came out in 1998 sounds very dated now. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I love, I mean, essentially you think about Rosa Parks, like what's the instrumentation on this album? It's an, it's an acoustic guitar, a, a break beat, a synthesizer and a, and a bass with an envelope filter on it. Yeah. I mean like a, a, a pretty, in terms of hip hop, where things can often suffer from being overproduced and too many things can be added, you know, as, as people put loops and tracks on top of loops and tracks, like Rosa Parks is a pretty stripped down hip hop song. Well, you're forgetting the other element of it, uh, which is a harmonica solo. Yeah. With a bunch of like stomps and claps, mm-hmm. you know, just, just saying like, Hey, you know, well, also I mean, just using Rosa Parks, you know, just an icon of, you know, the civil rights movement in the South, you know, you know, like, and then using Southern instrumentation, you know, just to say, like, no, we are still these people too, you know, like where we're from, the, they're, they're still representing where they're from by using that. Um, but then in the next song, right, skewed on the Barbie, mm-hmm. right? So that it's like the Southern, it's, it's like the most, Rosa Parks is like, the most they've tried to like sound like a Southern, you know, something that's like very easily recognizably Southern, like from like outside of hip hop, by having like the harmonica solo, but then by track four, they've tapped 
Rayquan mm-hmm. from Wu Tang Clan. Yeah. The common denominator, the nigga numerator. Never know who to hate, and niggas cater to your ego. I'm sorry, like Atari, who's the cousin to Coleco. Fish and Puerto Rico, back on the street like Chico. The barge, he large, and got a lack in the garage. Few parts here and there, I declare hard. My lord, one at Clark, one at Spelman. Both know each other, and it's cool, you can tell. When he step off in the party, women jump for joy. But all the wild niggas scheming, they gon' jump the boy for spitting all that bourgeois. My watch, my car, I'm a star. I'd rather be a comet by far. Rock, old school players to new school Keep it jumping like kangaroos. But skew it on the bar that we ain't trying to lose. Say I be goddamn it, they done changed the rules. Old school players to new school fools. Cats keep it jumping like kangaroos. But skew it on the bar that we ain't trying to lose. Say I be goddamn it, they done changed the rules. Deliver this through your audio. Get on my yo, so bro, hydro. Then bag it up, yo. Price that longevity suggests make moves slow. Take time, bro. Eight, react, now blow. Hydro slide, roll like fuck Renato. Fly ride, no shit looking wide open. Glide, yo. Flipping the page. I go watch Bobo, jump on my meat, ride slow, watch those undercovers, cop those, rock those, glock those, leave them back and collect spot rolls, keep a watch froze, lean on the yacht, watch clothes, let the chop blow back and have a block, block rolls, what? Old school players to new school fools, cats keep it jumping like kangaroos, but skew it on the bar that we ain't trying to lose, say I be goddammit, they done changed the rules. Yeah, they, they are on the same level as Wu-Tang. Yeah. You know, by this album... You cannot deny that they are as good as the biggest acts from the rest of the nineties. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and for what it's worth, I think, I think Raekwon's feature on Scoot on the Barbie is a, is a really solid feature, but I also think it's one of those things where yes, it is this kind of acceptance, <laughs> but both, both Andre and big boy wrap Raekwon under the table on this song. Nice. In. And, and, and that's one of the things that I think is so interesting, especially considering, again, this Outcast is a group. This is the fourth song on Equimini. This is 1998. Their first album comes out four years earlier, 1994. But in 1993, at the end of 1993, their first single gets released, which was Player's Ball. And Player's Ball is kind of the thing that put Outcast on the map before uh, Southern Playlist at Cadillac Music came out. And it's interesting that here we have this experience. It's essentially Andre and big boy at like 17, 18 years old. And then here they are five years later, 22, 23, they're referencing themselves both as old school players and new school fools, mm-hmm. like kind of taking these two different viewpoints on where they stand in the hip hop community and it's so interesting that that approach to it because they are, they're at this place. This is their third album. And like you said, like here's Raekwon here's, you know, we, we are respected. We are, we're a part of this kind of respected group of hip hop artists, but yet we're still young. We still have new things to say. We're still moving in new places, but we're also experienced enough. Like, we are simultaneously the old school players and new school fools at all of this. And I love that kind of duality that we get on this song. Even the sun goes down, heroes eventually die. Horoscopes often lie, and sometimes lie. Nothing is for show, 
Madness for certain Nothing lasts forever but until they close the curtain It's Tim and I, a woman I Get on like Spike Lee said, get on the bus. Go get your work and keep your beeper chirping, it's a must. Get you on that bill, cornstarch, familiar with that smack man. The music is like that green stuff, provided to you by Sack Man. Pac Man, how the fuck you think we gon' do that, man? Ride, ride, no Nash, no Nateens, without no Gap Man. I'm Strap Man, get rid of the bus on any nigga like that, man. Me and my nigga, we roll together like Batman and Rob Band. We prayed together through hard times, swung hard, but it was fitting. But now we tapping the brakes from off them corners that we be bending. And Volkswagen and Bonnevilles, Chevrolets and Coopervilles. If you ain't got no rims, nigga, don't get no wood grain steering wheel. For real, you can go chill out and steal bill. That's your paper stack instead of going to overkill. Pay your fucking people bill, bitch. Even the sun goes down, heroes eventually die. Horoscopes often lie, and sometimes why? Nothing is for show, nothing is for certain. The title track of Clem and I, synthesizer with George Clinton, slumped in West Savannah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Clem and I, I mean, to me, I mean, I can hear things like Good Kid Mad City on Clem and I. Yeah, very much so. In terms of influence. And to me, it also seems like a continuation of Elevators, You and I. Mm-hmm. Some AT aliens, you know, it's him and I, a quim and I, you know what I mean? Like, it, it seems like, you know, really continuing off of that. And it's interesting because this is kind of the last time where that I can think of where it is just like, you know, it's, it's him and I, and then it's, it kind of makes it kind of sad that by speaker box love below it's split, you know, it's still him and I, but kind of doing our own thing. It kind of makes it bittersweet listening back to like Equimini now, but uh, the song that is, but it, it's a, it's a great song. And the, I mean, it's like a live band too. Like we talked about this comes out the same year as miseducation of Lauren Hill. So like the live band thing is becoming like increasingly influential and important um, in hip hop. Let's talk about synthesizer because it seems like you, like this song a bit more than I do. Now I love that George Clinton is on the record. Yeah, um, it's, it's, one alone of, it's one of the weaker tracks on on the album. So this this wouldn't be a top eight for me mm-hmm. on on the album. But I just I love George Clinton being on it in the same way that we love Raekwon being on Scoo and the Barbie. I love George Clinton being on Synthesizer because again it's it's this expansion. It's it's moving it's outcast taking who they are as as southern hip hop artists in moving into but we're also everything because again it all it all feels in some ways because of that return of the g ends up feeling like a thesis statement of the album because it is kind of a statement of hip hop is more than that yeah. and it's almost like the rest of the album is them explaining here is just the tip of the iceberg of right. all of the things that hip hop is. Right. And so that, that move from Equimini, which is a very, very slow jam live music into synthesizer, which again, you get the P funk, you get, I, I just love that. 
Well, the thing about synthesizer is that it doesn't really sound like P-Funk, though. So what? it's not new or interesting that they would use George Clinton, right? Because every hip-hop act has talked about George Clinton, has talked about P-Funk, Tribe, Dre. Like, Mm -hmm. everyone has sampled Parliament Funkadelic or something that George Clinton has been involved with. What's interesting about Synthesizer and what's interesting and unique about Outkast is that they bring George Clinton to be a co-creator to create a new song. They don't want to sample George Clinton. They want him to co-write and to perform with them, not just use him to say, look what our influences are, because we've listened to AT Aliens. We've heard that you're influenced by Parliament Funkadelic. They're bringing in the man himself to work with him as a colleague. That's what makes this a different track from 90s hip hop and what makes them a different act, right? Not just sampling, but being co-creators with the man. February 1st, 1975, it happened. Was born in West Savannah way before I started rapping. My mama had a nigga at the age of 15. My daddy was sending that sack, now he's got responsibility. Stayed at me granny's while me mammy was at work, and she couldn't watch my every remove, so did I started serving. Around Fraser home, down in the West Side Project, changing over food stamps and hitting a lick for sexy. I'm just a player like that. My jeans are sharply creased, I got a breast white t shirt, and my cap is slightly pointed, he's so blind. Aromas, what I'm spoken. Side is in my tape deck. I'm moving in slow motion. Why? So meet me deep in the streets. That's where I learned the capers. I'm slicking blunt, slicking lead, rolling reefer papers. I'm slightly slouched in the teeth off in my bucket. But the niggas around the app and the hoes, they love me. They wanna be me and my family too. Because the money that I make be putting cable off in every room. So follow the fiends, follow my lead through the nooks and crannies. It's everyday life off in my hood. So come and holler at me. But go head on with that foolishness, bitch. Let me get lovely with my sir because I'm true to this shit. And if you come in with eight dollars, you should have a look. Because the west side ain't taking no shouts on the down to five hook. And it don't stop. And it don't like Um the next two tracks uh are really ones are really two big boy tracks. Yeah. Um Andre doesn't even have a writing credit on these two songs. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it is that more southern playlist of cadillac music you know kind of feel to them which i love that record so i love these two tracks um west savannah is like literally a west west savannah is like a great big boy origin story track right yeah and it, it was supposed to be on the first record i i guess um and i mean he pretty much says that uh, before the track starts uh, and it rules and you get things like like hootie who you know like you, you they're using that in the lyrics again because there's a song on the playlist called hootie who and about the police and police violence you know so there's you know there's interesting stuff happening here love the sound because i love you know they're they're still right now as much as they're pushing the envelope here right they're still rooted in right southern hip-hop mm-hmm. right so i love that they they still are showing those roots. Right. Um, and then only to at this point in the album, right. With those last two songs, the next two probably push the envelope the furthest they've done it on this album, because the next four songs are that are the storytelling parts one and two, then Mama Sita, then um, uh, Spody Odie Dopalicious. Yeah. Right. So this is where 
with one glaring exception, the album like really takes off in yet another way. Yeah. Right. This is well, Rob, I'll let you say. Right? Let's start with um artist storytelling. Somebody hit me the other day for a rendezvous. Was it the bitch that fucked the good and the dungeon crew? Let's say her name is Susie Screw, cause she screwed a lot. Making a nigga hit that chunk at legitimate spots. Not no parks, back seats, and things of that nature. Had to hate your player. You digging the whole down, never said I'm hater. Straight later, slayed the bitch like Darth Vader. Made her from Collie Park and Fed, all the way down to the hater. Like Jada, her whip was sharp and sporty, that was shouty. Save the snake on eggs and a beam of 840. It's foggy. I went to the grip to call her, but she lost me. My baby mama beat me, 7 o'clock is gonna cost me, but I still wanna cut her dope. Maybe she had to work. I called her in the mall, women a real tight skirt. She was fine as fuck I wanted to sex the whole up She said, let's hit the parking lot So I can sick your duck I said, cool I really wanted to cut you But this will do I gotta pick up my daughter Plus my baby mama beat me too She said she understood And everything was kosher I gave her a little wheel CD And a fucking poster It's like that now It's like that now You better go get the hoe Up out your bag now It's about four, five Cats on here, my leg now We just shoot Game in the form of story raps now it's like that now, it's like that now Now Susie Screw had a partner named Sasha Thumper I remember her number like the summer When her and Susie, yeah, they threw a slumber Party, but you can't call it that cause it was slumber Well, it was more like spending night Three in the morning, yawning, dancing under street lights We chilling like a villain and a nigga feeling right In the middle of the ghetto on the curb and the spite All of the bullshit, we on our back staring at the stars above Talking about what we gonna be when we grow up I said, what you wanna be? She said, alive It made me think for a minute, then looked in her eyes I could've died, time went on, I got grown Rhyme got strong, mind got blown I came back home to find little Sasha was gone Her mama said she would a nigga that be treating her wrong I kept on singing my song and hoping at a show That I would one day see her standing in the front row But two weeks later she got found in the back of a school With a needle in her arm, baby, too much do Sasha Thumper It's like that now, you better go Get the home about your bag now It's about four, five, cats off here, my leg now I don't know that there's anyone who is a legitimate fan of this album who would disagree that the art of storytelling part one is, is the pinnacle track of the album. I, I mean, there's, there's no two ways around it. It might be the most impressive feat, the, the next step up. It's, it's almost throwing down the gauntlet and saying, this is who we are. Yeah. This is what we're capable of. And in doing so in a really, really incredible way. And so parts one and two of the art of storytelling, I think are phenomenal, but especially part one, um, I think is unquestionably the highlight of this album. Yeah. Part one is a, a top five quintessential outcast track. I mean, cause it's, it's the best of what they do, you know, I, cause I think big boys verse is great and it's so who he is also, you know, the, but it, it does a great job at like, displaying like the different personality types and the things that they choose to write about. And, you know, and Andre, his, he uses his verse to get a little more serious. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it's them talking about their experience with these two women who are also friends. Right. Um, which is a great kind of storytelling device to like learn more about who they are. And then also you got this, this great hook. That's just, super catchy it's funky uh and, and just super fun and in under four minutes which is that's always nice um and then, and then the music video 
is is also great and it has uh, an additional verse is it slick rick slick rick slick rick yeah. is on it slick rick in the video uh version of it well because um, the, it's a it's a slick rick sample that they're using in the song mm-hmm. well and then they go on the following year to appear on slick rick's album uh which is also good so and then part two this is another one where uh, another song that's great and pretty you know th- this is the one that musically looks forward to Stankonia. Yeah. These kind of drums, the distorted vocals. This is where you can also hear Andre, you know, being clearly influenced by things outside of hip hop. Particularly like Rage Against the Machine, mm-hmm. right? The way the intensity that he's bringing when he's rapping, the way the vocals are distorted, right? They are interested in things outside of hip hop. Well, I guess we have to talk about Mama Sita, but probably not for too long. It's one of the longest songs on the album, yeah. certainly the least interesting. Yeah, it's just if, if there's one that you're gonna skip, it's it's gonna be Mama Sita, uh, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. orders on being homophobic and uh, yeah, which seems so given given some of the things given some of the issues that come up in Return of the G, Mama Sita feels like such a it it feels it feels so out of place on this album. Yeah, it's um, it's a sore thumb on mm-hmm. this record. Yeah, no delicious. We get Sleepy Brown. Why this fine, bow-legged girl finds all our doors 
Love's lukewarm lullabies in your left ear. Competing with set it off in the right. But it all blends perfectly. Let the liquor tell it. Hey, hey. This is maybe maybe Sleepy Brown. In terms of anything pre-speaker box, this is Sleepy Brown's best contribution to an Outcast song. Yeah, sure. Um, also uh, becomes sampled by Beyonce on Lemonade. Um, so people will recognize it, uh, but they don't know this album. You know, when they go to hear it for the first time, uh, you know, they'll, they'll find something familiar about it. Um, great kind of a, a reggae groove mm-hmm. all the horns right this is one of those kind of like arts you know so there there had been some dub influence and reggae influence on at lines because they were in jamaica before they recorded it and they were growing out uh andre was growing out his hair because he wanted to have dreads he so he was never like cutting his hair again or straightening his hair again and so um all of that jamaican and reggae influence comes out here um, in a way that's just great. It's one of the, for me, one of the best, one of my favorite tracks, um, you know, on the record. And, and again, it's that, that Pormenteau thing that they love, the Spody Odi, Dope Delicious, kind of Southern Playlist, like Cadillac. You know, it's, you know, it, it's just who they are. You know what I mean? Like they just, just fun with language, fun music, big band, and, you know, great rhymes. You know, this is kind of a, a one of the albums, or what, this is one of the songs on the album that's like, quintessential to like the album where it's mm-hmm. like some of these look forward you know look ahead to Sanconia and some of them you know you know uh, remind you of Southern Playalistic and they're trying to remind you of that and a little bit of Italians but it's stuff like that where I'm like and this is an Equimini song it's pretty really delicious you know and uh, yeah and, and you know what I'll, we might as well say here like of like the five albums canonical, you know, cause we're not counting. I know wild. This is right in the middle. Yeah. Which is pretty which also something you really enjoy. I know like that's, that's a, yeah, it, cause that was my, that was my point for inner visions. Yeah. For when we're doing Stevie wonder it's right in the middle. So for me, that's kind of like right at the height, right. Kind of the peak for me. Um, and it just so happened that revolver is right in the middle. So mm-hmm. it seems like, you know, there, there's a little bit of a pattern for us of yeah. choosing things kind of right in the middle. Armed Forces by Elvis Costello is right in the middle of the first five Elvis Costello and Nick Lowe albums. Yeah. So it seems like, you know, a little, little bit of a pattern there. I, I want to look at these last four tracks that we get. But before we do, I want to make a point here for our listeners. If you don't have a Quimini, I apologize. If you don't have a Quimini on vinyl, pick it up. Because Equimini on vinyl fixes for me the glaring sequencing issue of the original CD release of this album. And that is on the original CD release, the album finishes Y'all Scared, Nathaniel, Liberation, and Chunky Fire. Uh On the vinyl release, Chunky Fire is moved ahead of Nathaniel and the album closes with Liberation. Liberation is a much better album closer for this album than Chunky Fire is. 
But let's start with y'all scared. What do you think of that? Hold on, hold on. You can't just drop that and then leave it uh, because I do disagree. Really? Um, Yeah, completely. Liberation is a perfectly fine penultimate song. Um, But yeah, so y'all scared. Yeah, I mean, a great song about, you know, the snapshot of looking at um, the war on drugs, really, Mm -hmm. and the Clinton three strike rules and its effect on black neighborhoods that are being targeted because of these these new laws. And this is something and there's a good reason why uh, most of Goody Mob is on this track, because Goody Mob has done a lot in their music to talk about um, the war on drugs in the Clinton administration at this time. So it's very fitting. Um, and I believe it's this song where they talk about, you know, trap houses, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which is where drugs are being you know, sometimes made and certainly sold, right? Or bought and sold, you know, and them looking at this idea of, you know, does, you know, a trap house, right? You know, think about that. Like, that's what it is. It's a trap. Yeah. Paragraph and dent. I make intense sense. Niggas on that gill got dope hint hint. At age 15, they start smoking Billy Clint. Now he's 21 and wants to know what the time went. Hey, 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 what's the house? What's in your time elapsed? Have you ever thought of the meaning of the word trap? That wound on your back, but what's that is that crack? Was introduced to Hispanic communities and blacks, but then it spread to white and got everyone's undivided. Attention, cause your daughter is on it and you can't hide it. Maybe your son tried it, we have to cry it. I'm scared, she's scared, they scared, I said they scared, they scared to talk about it. About it, about it, about it, about it. It's a trap for you. If you get involved in the trap game, you're a trap, right? Think about, you know, so, and I think uh, for an album that starts with Return of the Gangsta and, you know, the real criticisms of gangsta culture and, and drug culture, you know, in, in hip hop music really comes on, on, on y'all scared. Yeah. And of course y'all, right. Is Southern, right. You're not going to mm-hmm. hear that in a lot of other hip hop. Um, and I think it's great. And, 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 you know, talking about the different perceptions of when black people do drugs versus white people do drugs, right. All of a sudden when, when white people start doing crack, all of a sudden it's, it's, it's a huge, it's a, it's a health crisis. It's a health crisis. Right. Um, when black people do it, right. It's a, it's a, it's criminal. These are super predators, you know? So, you know, it's highlighting a lot of very important, you know, things about that era that we are of course still very much dealing with uh, today. So yeah. great, great track. And then we, and then we followed up with Nathaniel, which, um, yes. you know, as, as close as we come to, to essentially a skit on Equimini. Well, there are, skits in between every few songs right of someone like in a record store or someone mm-hmm. um you know but, buying drugs but but not it's not it's not an a track devoted to yes yeah, this is the only yeah and it is a friend of theirs who who was in prison um rapping about pretty much his experience right which is a great you know middle track you know, to sit between y'all scared and liberation. Yeah. So that's why that's perfect. And why chunky fire should be at the end because if it's anywhere. Well, so I, I, so I, I like to see three run. Yeah. That's so, I, makes sense. so I think chunky fire makes sense better than as third is track 13 and let the album close on this three run of y'all scared Nathaniel liberation. I'll, I'll tell you why not. Okay. Get there, but um, did you want to add anything about Nathaniel? 
No, other than just to say, again, I, I, I like the, the idea of, and again, you're absolutely right. There, there are, there are moments either at the beginning of songs or end of songs all throughout the album where, you know, there'll, there'll be a little, you know, piece of something, but it's not devoting an entire track to mm-hmm. the skit in the way that Stankonia will. And I like that Nathaniel, it is, de- it's the only kind of thing like this on Equimini that is devoted to a track by itself because I think it's such a statement for them. And again, one of the things I love about Outkast is they're, they're one of the hip hop groups that recognizes from, from the very beginning of their career that they're making albums mm-hmm. and albums have to work together. They have to flow together. And so we do, we get these movements, even the way that we've kind of gone through the album, these kind of four song kind of pictures, it has movements to it. And so Nathaniel, like you said, Nathaniel working as this kind of standalone piece following y'all scared, which is so much about, you know, like you said, trap culture where, so what are the, what are, what are the things that are going to happen if you get trapped? Well, in, in the late nineties, if you got trapped in the drug game, you were going to be in prison. Mandatory sentencing. Yeah. Is a, is a big part of this because of the 94 crime bill. And if you get caught, you know, if you have three strikes against you, that's prison for life. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, so here's here's Nathaniel. Here's here's someone who you know again from from what we know from the track is is in that spot is 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 in a three tr- is 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 in you know we don't know what else was involved or you know there, we don't have a full story, but we know this is the spot that he's in, and out of this prison, we're led into what might be one of my three favorite tracks on the album liberation there's a fine line between love and hate to see came way too late but baby i'm on it there's a fine line between love and hate to see came way too late but baby i'm on it Can't worry about what a nigga think. Now see, and that's liberation, and baby, I want it. Can't worry about what another nigga think. Now that's liberation, and baby, I want it. So Erica Baidu, who at the time is um, pregnant with or has just given birth to Andre 3000's son and CeeLo Green, who, again, you know, another Atlanta area, another Atlanta area um, constant collaborator with Outkast and uh, their, their presence on this track um, on top of the fact that this is the longest track by some measure on, on an album that at 75 minutes is long for a hip hop album. 
Um, but liberation is a song that really, it, it has, it is the, it is the song that feels the most at home in the late nineties and in, in, and has something, has something to say about this period of time in the same way that y'all scare does as well. And so again, these, these three songs together, um, I still think because of the way it ends, I think liberation makes a better album closer than chunky fire, but those are my thoughts on liberation. CeeLo kind of like that missing person from goody mob. Who's not. And y'all scared um, because you know, this just, just a track that just suits him better. Cause he had sung the hook on so many of the songs on Southern playlistic. Um, yeah. I mean, this, this, you know, is them dipping their toe in the Neo soul pond a little bit mm-hmm. and they have the real band in there and uh, it's great. Right. It's, and it's just another one of the, and it's Andre 3000 singing also, um, which opening him up a little bit more of into that singer role, not just singing like a hip hop hook, like a rapper would, but like actually singing, you know, um, which again, that, looking forward to Stankonia and certainly love below, but in a sound that's like firmly this Equimini era, very 1998, but also in a way that's, you know, like we said earlier, not dated, um, but just a, a wonderful track and a very long track that doesn't feel like it's almost nine minutes long. Uh, but goes down smooth. I'd say now chunky fire, right? Uh, has to be the last track on this album. You know, it's um, it's it's the Sergeant Pepper thing, right? Did it make more sense for a Sergeant Pepper reprise to be the last track? Sure, but a day in the life is the best way to end that record. You know what I mean? Uh, but so, but Chunky Fire again, a new another sound, right? Having like more guitar kind of black rock, psychedelic rock kind of thing happening here, which by the way, when you're listening to these albums back to back, Chunky Fire sets you up pretty good for Gasoline Dreams. Oh, absolutely. Which is um, one reason why it works uh, as a great last track for this one. Um, But also because it ends with them using the clip from the Source Awards Mm -hmm. where they're being booed and saying... You know, the South has something to say. That's right. You know what I mean? So, like, it's a perfect, you know, from Return of the Gangster, right, to this, right? I mean, th- that's the statement, right? We we told y'all this. We showed up. We did it. Here you go. To make one bob the head be the track job. Your job to spit that fire. Some of y'all MC take this rhyming for granted. I won't comply with that slacking. Popping and cracking for what say we snapping. They want that hardness, that hardness. They get something to start this. What's happening? See if I do what you won't do today, boy. Will I live tomorrow like you can't even live? Cause you straight. Motivational skills lacking. When I see a nigga, you're packing. Understand that though. You behind the 75,000 condo. But still stay with mom though. Playing in the king like Dondo. You choked up. You was a nigga that's supposed to been so low up. Making them think hip hop is dead. Exhume the body if you ain't scared. And if I see you in the streets, I'd have you down like you would break. Yeah, we reign, reign, supreme, bring, dungeon, dungeon, kings. Do you know what brings rats, mice, snakes about they home? Choking by, sliced with rock and roll, and do it a bleed. Pipe up high. Now hold on, my brother. No, 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 can't stop this. Do you know what brings rats, mice, snakes about they home? Choking by, sliced with rock and roll, and do it a bleed. Pipe up high. Now just hold on, my brother. No, 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 no. 
still can't stop the drive. You know what rats, mice, snakes about they hold. Joking by, spiced with rock and roll. Indubitably, Piper Pie. Now hold on, my brother. No, 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 can't stop the drive. You know what rings, rats, mice, snakes about they hold. Joking by, spiced with rock and roll. Indubitably, Piper Pie. Now just hold on, my brother. No, 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 can't stop the drive. It's, it's, it's a huge Chunk Fire is a just like an all time mic drop you know of an album closer yeah and, and I think again I, I'm with you I, I think if you know in the Sgt. Pepper analogy I, I think Chunky Fire as as the song leading into that kind of I think I don't think I would have taken Y'all Scared Nathaniel Liberation as kind of the day in the life and and let Chonky Fire be the kind of reprise. Cause I think it does. I think it I think it is that statement piece of again, there's more to hip hop. There's there's more to say. Mm-hmm. There's there's more to say than y'all have been paying attention to and we're and we're here to and we're here to educate you. Yeah. You know, I I think it works works fine as a closing track. It works think, great as a closing track. It, it it ties up all the loose ends. It's it's got the rock and roll stuff. Uh, they do the sound bit from the Source mm-hmm. Awards, and then the music like slows down and gets yes. funky, which is like that that Houston chopped and screwed thing, mm-hmm. you know, to just say, hey, there's more, not just Atlanta hip hop. There's the chop, and and that'll become. Um, a bigger factor on speaker box also, you know, so, and they work with underground Kings, you know, so like, it's a great statement about the South, yeah. you know, and, and Southern hip hop and outcast and, and even the final word Atlanta. in the final word on this record. Right. Yeah. So it, yeah, it just, you know, you know, like we said about other things too, it's, it's like, it's the victory lap. So you have this album on vinyl. Yep. Is it it's weird? Awesome. Is it weird for you that Chonky Fire is not the closer? Then you have the choice. You can you can choose to listen to the other side first. That's what's great about vinyl. Is if I want, you know, I, I don't. I can just listen to them in the last two sides of it in reverse order and end with Chonky Fire. So that's what I do. Because okay. I think you know. Interesting. I'm 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 here for all of it. So let me ask you this, Micaiah, what, if you take the five outcast albums, just how would you rank them? What are, what are your, what are your favorites of the five hip of the five outcast albums? Yeah. So number five, no question speaker box love below. Um, you know, there, there are great songs on, on like both those, both those discs, you know? Um, but it's 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 just bloated, um, and just it just it just isn't as tight as the other albums. And you know, there's yeah, it's. I still think it's good. I think it's great, like a great album, just for the fact that it exists. That like, what group has ever just been like, well, we're gonna actually make it record like kind of separately, but it still works as one piece. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing quite similar to it. And the idea that they can just like, well, let's continue to push the format even further, especially on Andre's side, right? He's, you know, it's like, what if I have a jazz song? And then what if I have a, you know, this kind of song? What if I talk to God in one song, like, like Prince? Um, And, you know, what if, you know, so that's, that's good. And 
Andre's still representing Southern hip hop. So he brings in Houston rappers. He brings in uh, Ludacris and he brings in Lil John. Like, hey, just so you know, this is going to be basically the last Outkast album. And this is what Southern hip hop is going to be for the rest of the 2000s. Minus Lil Wayne, basically. You know, so I respect it for all that stuff. I think it's great for all of that, but it's a clear number five for me. Mm-hmm. Um, number four, uh, AT Aliens, which, because there has to be a number four, but like, yeah, it, it's just tough because like, it's it's not like a fourth tier Outcast album. It's still like a top tier Outcast album. It just happens to be number four on this list, but um, it's kind of the most concise record too like it's i think the shortest there aren't any skits or sketches so like it does answer that question like oh what if you took away like all like the kind of the extra stuff on an outcast album you get at aliens like that album does exist all right um number three for me then would be stanconia um said plenty about it um and this is where i'm at recently um, but number two for me recently has been Southern playlisted Cadillac music, uh, just because I love how Southern it is. Mm-hmm. I I love that that dirty South, like and it's right at the. I mean, this comes out the same year as Illmatic and Ready to Die, and then this is happening in the South. I'm like, okay, that's actually of the albums in 1994. Like that's where I'm most interested in is actually this kind of sound. Um, I just I just love the dirtiness of it. You know, I love it. And it's right, 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 right at the end of like that golden era of hip hop, like the last day of the golden era of hip hop is like where that transition is the day that uh, Enter the Wu-Tang and Midnight Marauders come out the same day. And that's kind of like the division point. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I like that kind of like gray area where like the golden era is kind of over and there's kind of like that new I like I, I like I like that blurriness and the first Outcast album fits in there, even yeah. though it's not often grouped in there. All right, so yeah, that's my number two. And then number one, Equimini, of course. So Yeah. So again, I, I'm before I go, look, there is if 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 you're ranking anything, something has to be fifth, something has to be four. I mean, it's just how it goes. Again, I don't think there's a bad album in the group, and there are things that I love about all five of these albums. But I also think that they have um, they they have two albums that are perfect or near perfect, and and those those are the ones that we spent most of our time talking about today. So really, this is kind of ranking the other three in many ways. So fifth for me is AT Aliens. Um, and again, it, great album. Love it. Some, some, some songs are really, really enjoy. It is, it, it is their shortest album by some distance. And it is, it's the least interesting to me because I think Southern Playlistic effectively does the, the dirty South thing that you're talking about. And, and again, kind of like you're talking about where it sits in, in the world. I think, I think they come out of the gate at such an interesting time and with such an interesting music. And then AT aliens feels a little removed from that, but not really evolved yet to where they're going with Equimini. And so it, it feels a little bit, uh, you know, again, if, you know, not to run the Beatles analogy out, but it feels a little bit like rubber soul to me 
and rubber soul is a great Beatles album, but not one of their top five, in my opinion. Um, you know, it's, and and that's kind of, so if, (laughs) if you're mad that I'm putting AT aliens, as number five, my comparison is Rubber Soul. So I still yeah, think it's well, that your comparison good. is that Rubber Soul isn't even top five, which somehow has become the more offensive um, ranking. So my, my number four is Beatbox Love Below. Again, I think there's a perfect album in there, but it is bloated. And the weaknesses on Speaker Box Love Below, it's I mean, the where where they where they really hit, where they really connect on Speaker Box Love Below. It, it is some of the best work of their career, uh-huh. but 70% of that album is them failing to connect. And when they do, it's some of the worst stuff they release in their, in their career. And so I, I think, uh-huh. I think when, when you're, when you are artists that are really starting to move in the direction they've, they've moved in, I think it's an interesting conceit to kind of go, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make an outcast album, but big boy is going to make his album and Andre is going to make his album. I think it's interesting, but it was unlikely to ever produce anything coherent um, or, or, or something that at least kind of functions well together or as one whole piece. And that's, that's the biggest thing that has going against it. Um, I'll say this one last thing about speaker box love uh, below is that I think big boys contribution is better. I think speaker box is better than the love below. I think, I think, I think speaker box is a, is a better, of the two album of the two halves of the album, I think speaker box is a better half of the album than the love below is. Mm-hmm. But I think the highs of the love below are better than anything on speaker box. Yeah. But, but then again, like one of the, the highest highs for me on love below is like roses. And it's like, well, that's, that's both of them together. Yeah. I mean, so like, that's, you know, it's like, Oh, well that's kind of getting to have it both ways there. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. So my number three would be Southern playlist at Cadillac music. You know, one of the things I was thinking about when we talked about Fiona Apple, that when you, when you hear title and you think about the fact that she has written and recorded everything you hear on title as like a 16 or 17 year old, mm-hmm. the idea that as 17 or 18 year olds, this is when they're writing and recording everything you hear on Southern playlist at Cadillac music. Mm-hmm it that's that's the bonkers part of it for me yeah like it's such a it's such a unique sound it's so southern but it's also it is so self-assured for being as young as they are growing up you know we'd say things like ain't no thing but a chicken wing you know like in the Mm -hmm. you know so like it just it just is the language that i grew up with you know what i mean so like that that record's always going to be special to me because it's like it is a straight up southern hip-hop album mm-hmm. like front to back you know so like that it's always just gonna be a little extra special to me and the fact that it is teenagers in a basement that doesn't even have a floor you know that's it's a miracle that that album gets made and comes out sounding absolutely incredible yeah yeah you know so obviously my 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 two and one are, are not really two in one. I, I would put these on par with each other. I don't know that for the sake of our podcast, Equimini goes ahead of Stankonia. In terms of my favorite, Equimini and Stankonia are tied. Um, these are joint number one. These are the joint best albums. 
mm-hmm. of of Outcast's career in my mind, and they are the two perfect or near perfect albums that Outcast makes. But I, I do want to go back and, and talk about something. You have ranked Speaker Box Love Below at five. I have ranked it at four. The highest selling album of their career, the album that produced their two biggest hits in terms of in terms of total radio play and total sales and the album for which they won the Grammy for album of the year mm-hmm. is, is what we're saying is either their worst or second to worst album. Yeah. It's almost as if like the billboard charts and the Grammys don't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> or, or that that's how good outcast is. That's part of it too. Ready for action, nip it in the bud. We never relaxing. Outcast is everlasting. Not clashing, not at all. But see, my nigga went to do a little acting. Now that's for anyone asking. Give me one to pass them. Drip, drip, drop. There it goes an orgasm. Now you coming out the side of your face. We tapping right into your memory bank. Thanks. So click at the ticket. Let's see your seatbelt fasten. Trunk rattling like two midgets in the back seat rattling. Speaker box vibrate the tag. Make it sound like aluminum cans in a bag. But I know y'all wanted that 808. Can you feel that BASS bass? But I know y'all wanted that 808. Can you feel that BASS I'll say this, I think outcasts might be the best hip-hop group of all time because i don't know of any other really or rapper like any individual rapper any hip-hop act i don't know that anyone has a tighter five album run than outcast if i'm judging just on albums Mm -hmm. i think outcast might have the best five album run of any hip-hop act i i think i agree with that I think I think I'm willing to put the flag in the ground and say, hey, Outcast is the best hip hop group of all time. The most impressive five album run in the history of hip hop music. Well, listener, what do you think? What do you think is Outcast among the best hip hop artists of all time? Um, are they the most influential hip hop artists of all time? Is there any hip hop artist that has a better five album run? And of their five albums, did we get this right? Is Equimini the best Outcast album? Is it Stankonia? Is it Speaker Box? Is it Southern Playalistic? I mean, what do you think it is? We want to hear from you. Reach out to us. You can find us on Instagram at You Forgot One, on Twitter at You Forgot One Pod. Of course, our website is youforgotone.com. Micaiah. What should those who are listening to the podcast right now go and do on their preferred podcasting medium? Thank you for asking, Rob. Uh, You should subscribe. You should follow, right? We only have a few episodes left of this season. So if you want those to kind of automatically pop up when those are released, the best thing to do would be to follow and subscribe. And if you feel so inclined, please leave a five-star review and write a review. That'd be very nice. In fact, if you write a review, maybe we will read it on the podcast because we would appreciate it so much. You know, that that helps other people find the show. So that helps us out. Uh, so it'd be much appreciated. Um, 
Yeah, ran out of steam there. So. Yeah, it's from National Underground Thunder Pounds when I stop the ground Like a million elephants and silverback orangutans You can't stop a train Who wants up, don't come unprepared I'll be there, but when I leave there Better be a household name Brother man telling us it ain't gonna rain So now we sitting in a brown top soaking wet In a silk suit trying not to sweat Hit some assaults without the net But this will be the year that we won't forget One nine 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 Ball of power, thousand a thousand miles per hour. Hello, ghetto, let your brain breathe. Believe that's always more. Ah.